Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? I'm fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, and I'm brought hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo ambition. Welcome on into episode 105, yes, 105 episodes so far in the book since November 2nd. We have gone hard every single day, and it is Monday, March 28, 2016, and we are here to recap the Elite Eight for you and talk about the 2016 NCAA tournament as they move into the final four stages on Saturday next week on April 2nd. Yes, we will get into that here in a little bit. Uh, also, here are you are here on the Hoopers Log through CLNS Radio in the SeatGeek Studios. If you'd like to call in, feel free to do so. The phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. It has been uh, – last yesterday was a very busy day, obviously, Easter Sunday. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch any of the ball games, but I will have a chance to talk to you about my issue with Syracuse getting into the Final Four. Yes, if you didn't know already listening to this, Syracuse did get into the Final Four. Uh, not a good sign for the committee, and I'll tell you why here in a little bit. But we're going to recap the games for you here in just a moment. Again, if you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. My name is Simo Buckets here through CLNS Radio through the SeatGeek Studios. Um, coming to you live through the Apple Podcast. If you're listening to the podcast from later on today, from this is earlier in this morning, 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, um, I, I got to get through this show real quickly today because I got some life things I got to do. I got to go take some uh, some tests to get my uh, to get my new job that I'll be getting, which will cause us to have day shows starting April 11, 2016. Yeah, here in about two weeks from today, we will be starting shows during the day. I will give you more of an update sometime next week and give you more of an update on what to expect during the playoffs. We will do night shows. Yes, we will do night shows so that you can call in on a more regular basis. And call into the Hoopers Log and be more involved. Yeah, for a more regular time slot. Because obviously, as you know, for those of you listening to the Apple Podcast, you all know that this is a time slot that is very brutal from the standpoint of, look, I mean, March 28th, 9.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern, everyone's usually working. I will be working at a time where everyone's usually off. And we're back into normal business mode. Okay, so today on the Hoopers Log, we're going to recap the Elite Eight. We got Kevin Hart in the building. Also, one more thing. If my phone line drops, if I fall off the face of the mat, you will hear a music. It's all right. And you will hear – exactly, Ollie. If you, hear, if you hear my phone line drop off and I just fall off the face of the earth, expect crazy sound bites, music, whatever needs to happen until I get back on the air, um, and then uh, we will fix that issue. It's been a problem the last week or so, uh, living out here in the Pacific Northwest with the way the weather has been, with the way the clouds have been. Everything's just been nuts. 
I may or may not fall off the line uh, from time to time. So if I do, I apologize in advance. Kevin Hart, let's get it going. Let's start this show. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Breaking down the Elite Eight. Now, um, North Carolina beat Notre Dame in the late game yesterday, 88-74. to It was a rather close game midway through the final second half of the ball game, but North Carolina went on a large run late to get the victory. 88-74, to they move on to the final four. They are one of the two teams to get in, or actually they're the only number one seed to get to the final four. Think about that. Villanova, then you got Oklahoma, North Carolina, and uh, obviously we'll talk about the other game in just a moment, but North Carolina getting it done. 88-74 to winning over Notre Dame. A big-time victory there. As they move into the Final Four, it's the eighth time Roy Williams has made it to the Final Four in his career. An unbelievable stat. A reason why he's a Hall of Famer and a reason why he's one of the greatest head coaches of all time in college basketball and in basketball history. North Carolina getting it done there. Bryce Johnson went off for a huge game. 25 points, 12 rebounds, and an assist. Absolutely dominant. Now, Demetrius Jackson went off for Notre Dame as well. This guy had 26 points. He played pretty much the entire game. 26 points, four assists. This guy went off as well one of the best guards in the, in the nation. He's going to declare for the NBA draft as well. As his team fell a little bit short of getting the victory, but Demetrius Jackson absolutely went off in this one. And, and, and the key to this ball game, as we all know, was the fact that uh, Notre Dame just got outplayed by, by North Carolina. Again, as North Carolina has done all, uh, all tournament long, they have just found ways to outplay teams. Look, Notre Dame did not play a bad game at all. Notre Dame shot 55% from the field, 50% from three. And you also look at, you also look at the free throw percentage and 78% from the line. I mean, they, they did all they could. They really did. The only difference was North Carolina out-rebounded them, 32-15. to 15. Uh, Defensive rebounds, offensive rebounds, they had, nine, they had 13 offensive rebounds. That's going to change the entire predicament of a ball game. And what you like to see in games like this is teams who, who you know, the better team usually wins with, uh, with better fundamentals. Both teams played great. Obviously, like I mentioned, North Carolina shot 61% from the field, 30% from three. So it evened itself out as North Carolina shot the ball better. They got to the line a lot more as well, and they shot better from the line. That's going to change the game outcome as well. When you get to the line more, when you get more rebounds, when you commit very few turnovers, which North Carolina did six, but, but Notre Dame only had seven turnovers as well. Considering those statistics, considering the doubling of rebounds and pretty much the doubling of, of free throw attempts, and both teams shooting well from the floor, you're going to see the team who usually eats the more free throws and the more, the more rebounds win the ball game at a higher clip. Also, uh, Notre Dame did not play as much of a team-oriented basketball game as North Carolina did. North Carolina had 17 assists, where Notre Dame only had nine. Um, this, was, this game was just truly dominated by the athleticism and the height and, and the capabilities of, Notre Dame, of, of, of North Carolina. As they had five guys, all starters in, triple, in, in double digits when it came to numbers, and I guess that Bryce Johnson had 25 of those uh, double-digit scoring figures, but 25 points from Bryce, uh, Bryce Johnson, 10 points from Meeks, 11 from Jackson, 13 from Marcus Page, and then you had Barry, too. Uh, John, I believe his name is John Barry, too. Uh, 11 points as well from him. And then the bench, you also got, you know, when you look at the bench production, you get 18 points from the bench on top of uh, all five guys getting double digits. You, that is a that is a pretty much a perfect basketball game. The only difference, the only thing they weren't good at was shooting from three. But they didn't take very many attempts in general. They only had 13 attempts from three-point land. They only made four of them. 
Um, 30% is not a great clip, but when you're, the rest of everything else is working for you and you're getting rebounds and you're passing the ball and you're getting to the free throw line, you're going to win ball games more than not. And that's what happened against Notre Dame uh, yesterday. Notre Dame shot well from three, nine of 18. They did well. That's what kept them in the ball game early, uh, late in the ball game. That's what kept them competitive uh, at one point in the second half and the game was tied. But as you can tell, free throws down the stretch, winning the ball game, clinching it out, finding ways to out-rebound, the t- uh, or out-rebound Notre Dame, getting the ball back, getting second-chance points, and getting more assists and playing team ball, that's what's going to help you win the ballgame. I mean, look, uh, North Carolina had about, had about, you know, they had about the same amount of field goal attempts, but when you shoot 32 of 52 from the field and Notre Dame only shoots, I mean, they shoot 27 of 49, it's rather even, but it's the rebounds and the turnovers that really dictated this ballgame. And seeing that outcome and seeing that circumstance occur, as, as North Carolina played the way they did, you, you saw really, really, really good basketball in this one. And, and North Carolina just happened to pull it away. They're the better team, and, and for a reason. They were the number one seed in this bracket, and they're a top-five team in the nation for a reason. You saw it You saw it yesterday on Easter Sunday, and you saw Notre Dame could not quite resurrect themselves on an Easter Sunday. They nearly did some point in the second quarter or second, second half, but you saw it. You saw a team like North Carolina really put the pedal to the metal and just and just dominate the way a fundamentalist team can do. And they did that, and they won big time over a team like North Carolina yesterday. Or, uh, they won big time over a team like Notre Dame yesterday, 88 to 74. North Carolina getting it done, getting the victory, moving on to another Final Four. And this is the game I really want to talk about. Again, I'm not going to be able to be on the air too long today. I got to get to a uh, a job thing today. Excuse me for that. I got to get to a job thing today. Uh, with tests and whatnot, and so i got to be on the air real quickly. But this is the one thing I want to talk about. Syracuse beating Virginia 68-62. to Look, congrats to Syracuse for getting to the Final Four. There's No one's going to knock what they've done this season. They're an unbelievable team um, from the standpoint of, uh, of, of perseverance. And what they've done this year on the whole has been very mediocre. In fact, below mediocre. They have been below average. They have been, they have been so-so. Um, this is not your generic Cinderella. I would never call a generic ten seed as a generic Cinderella. But I mean, when you really look at it in perspective and look at this team's talent and and what they've done this season, they're a very generic uh, ten seed. They're, if you took away the numbers and you and you just put them in seedings, you would probably think this is more of a five or four seed. Uh, looking at their talent and from that perspective, there's, there's no knock on them doing what they've done, which is incredible. But when you put a team like Syracuse into the, into the, the tournament, you open up the opportunity for something like this to happen. Look, there were some teams this year who were very talented that didn't get into the tournament who are. And what's, 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 what's fresh was frustrating about this circumstance. And I've mentioned this over and over and over, and I will keep mentioning it because the, the, the committee needs to hear it. Look, Syracuse, as I said yesterday, uh, before these games, uh, the, the second half of these Elite Eight games on Sunday, I said this, look, if a team like Syracuse gets into the Final Four, the committee will stand by what they've said and said, look, we picked the right team in Syracuse to get in over a team like St. Bonaventure or other teams, you know, that, that clearly I'm not remembering right now off the top of my head. But it's an issue that needs to be addressed in college basketball. And the reason why, the reason being is, is look, Syracuse did not deserve a bid, period. I've been saying it since, since Selection Sunday. I've been saying it through each day of the tournament, through each day that I can get the chance to. Syracuse does not deserve to be at this point in, 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 their, in their season. They don't deserve to be in the Final Four. They shouldn't have ever even gotten an opportunity to get into the Final Four. Look, 
They beat Dayton. They're more talented than Dayton. They are. Are they, are they as good as Dayton? No. Are they more talented? Yes. Talent sometimes late and late in the season, when given a chance, it's, it, 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 just, it, shows, it prevails. It does. Syracuse finished in the bottom portion of their, in their, in their conference, which, as we know, is the, is the best conference in all of college basketball. North Carolina got a bid. Virginia got a bid. Miami got a bid. Louisville didn't get a bid because of, of, their, of their sanctions. But Duke, Notre Dame, I think Virginia Tech played. Uh, Clemson got in as well. Pittsburgh got in. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You had seven bids. So Virginia Tech and Clemson didn't get in, but Syracuse did and Pitt got in. And Florida State got in. I believe Georgia Tech got in too, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. The point is, is Syracuse is an average ball club. They are. They're an average team. They're 19-13 and 13 heading into the tournament, 9-9 nine and nine in their conference, and they got in. They should not have gotten in. Their RPI was at 70. They, they, RPI was at 70, and they got into the tournament. They smashed Dayton 70 to 51. They smashed Middle Tennessee State at 75-50. They, they had a tough one against Gonzaga, and they got it done. They pulled it out late 63-60 uh, on Thursday, or on Friday, excuse me. And then they beat Virginia close 68-62. And here's the thing, and this is no knock on the NCAA tournament, none at all whatsoever. It's, the only knock is this team getting a chance. They, they should have never gotten the chance. They beat Dayton. First of all, they're better than Dayton. They are. They are. They're a more talented team than Dayton. Are they better on paper for what they did this season? No, absolutely not. But when it comes to where, what conference they've played in, what kind of talent they have, they should have never gotten into the tournament because of the conference they play in. Just because they play in a big conference and they're a mediocre team within their conference and they can hang with the big boys, that doesn't mean you're a tournament team. There are teams who have dominated their conference this year in small conferences in college basketball who had no chance of making the tournament because they were in a quote-unquote small conference. This team was a very mediocre, and I'm, I mean below average team, that played in their conference, which granted it's the ACC, the best conference in college basketball, but they played in a very mediocre conference. And they destroyed Dayton because they've seen better teams than Dayton all year long. Middle Tennessee State, which there's no knock on them because Middle Tennessee beat, Middle Tennessee State beat a team like Michigan State but they got blown out by Syracuse after the way they played, and their, and their zone's going to get them through. Gonzaga, that was a great game. Look, you can't knock Syracuse for beating Gonzaga. Unbelievable game there. Good for them. Seriously good stuff there for Syracuse to get that victory. But then Virginia. Virginia. Beating Virginia 68-62. You knew this could have happened. This, you, you knew all along NCAA tournament this could have happened. And now you have a generic Cinderella team where, in reality, this team shouldn't have never even gotten in. From as we've mentioned multiple times, and as I'll repeat myself, and I'll do it all day long, this team should have never gotten in the tournament. And I am one of the bigger Syracuse fans to ever walk this planet from the standpoint of I got accepted to Syracuse when I was uh, an undergrad in, uh, in college. You know, before I was in high school, I got accepted to go to Syracuse, and I'm always going to be proud of that. I, I could have gone. I didn't go from the standpoint of I had free tuition somewhere else. But the point is, is, is Syracuse is a great, great school. But from the standpoint of this season, they finished ninth in the ACC. And this team was only the seventh team to get in. What makes them more qualified than a team like Virginia Tech, Clemson? What makes them more qualified than those teams to get into the NCAA tournament? Just tell me. What? What is it? Is it the name? Is it the brand? Is it the fact that they have history behind, on their side? Who is to say that a team like, you know, perfect, perfect example, Gonzaga 18, 20 years ago was when they started and they were the Cinderella team. Look at them now. They're one of the more perennial <coughs> They're one of the more perennial teams in college basketball from the standpoint of they're one of the best small conference schools in all of college basketball. 
And I don't think anybody would debate. If that team swapped on over to the Pac-12, no one would debate the fact that they're, they're deserving of being there. And from that perspective, Gonzaga has solidified themselves year in and year out to get in. They won their conference tournament. They deserve to be where they're at. Syracuse, they didn't do anything. I mean, think, think about this. They, they beat they – beat the, to get as far as they did, they lost three games in a row down the stretch, and they won final six games down the stretch to compete in, the, in, in a college basketball tournament, the, 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 the big tournament. They lost, they, they lost to Florida State, 78-73. They lost to UNC, 75-70. Their first game in the tournament, in their conference tournament, they lost to Pittsburgh, 72-71. They beat NC State. They dominated NC State. But they, but they couldn't beat Pittsburgh, 66-52. 72-58, they got dominated by Louisville. I mean, I mean seriously, like their, their resume does not speak for themselves down the stretch. Sure, they beat Notre Dame at one point in the year. Sure, they beat Virginia at one point in the year before this game, the NCAA tournament. They beat them earlier this season. You knew this could have happened, committee. You knew something like this could have happened. And the problem is, and I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to sit here and say that chalk should always follow on through in the NCAA tournament. I'm not trying to sit here and debate the fact that I don't want Cinderella. I want Cinderella. The problem is, is when it comes to getting a chance, this is the problem you run into right here. A team like Syracuse, who did not even deserve a bid in the NCAA tournament at all. They should have been a one or two seed in the NIT. They should have. That's what this team is. They're the perfect NIT team. They're a very talented team who did not play well in the regular season, not play well enough to get into the NCAA tournament, and they should have been in the NIT with a one or two seed. And I don't think anyone would have ever been upset with that. I think it would have been the perfect fit for them because that's what this team is. But you gave them the chance because – of what? Of of what ratings? You know, uh, uh, logo. Uh, you know, you, you you keep bringing it up. Uh, marketing ability. That that's the reason why they're in this tournament. Look, if you gave if you put the same resume that Syracuse had this season on a team from the Colonial, on a team from the Big Twelve, on a team from the Big East, on a team from the mid the the, the, the Missouri Valley Conference. You put that same exact resume, or the Pac-12 even that, if you put the same exact resume that Syracuse showed this season, 19 and 13, RPI of 70, 9 and 9 in conference, you put that on another team and you tell me that they're, they're in the NCAA tournament, you're out of your mind. A team with the RPI of 70 has never made it into the NCAA tournament before this season, ever, ever. And, and if you're going to sit here and tell me that if a team like, you know, for example, what conference can I pull out of my butt and tell you, you know, could get in? I'll just go to the Pac-12 real quick. I'll show you my example, and I'll give it to you rather easily. Okay, here about this. Memphis, it played in the American standings. American standings, 8 and 10 in conference, 19 and 13 during the season. If my computer didn't freeze, I could totally see what the rest of their stuff was. But they got into the NCAA tournament for a reason. My, co- my, my computer is absolutely frozen. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful thing. Um, and what, what, what's frustrating is, is this Syracuse team is do to do. This is sad. I can't do anything. Do to do. Um, but there it goes. Memphis, eight and ten and eight and ten, nine, nineteen and fifteen. I believe they got into the NCAA tournament. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they did. They did not. They, they actually they did. I believe they played Connecticut in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Did they? Was that, was that a first-round game? Was that game against uh, Connecticut? 
in the NCAA tournament. No, that was the American. Okay, that was the American Men's Championship. Memphis did not make the NCAA tournament. Now think, now think about this. Think about this. Okay, this is a perfect example. Memphis, eight and ten in conference, nineteen and fifteen overall. I guarantee you their RPI was similar to other teams deserving of getting into the NCAA tournament. Yet because they played in the American Conference. They had no chance of getting in, and they competed, and they got to the, they got to their uh, they got to their conference championship game in their tournament, and they got beat by UConn, and they don't make the tournament. But yet Syracuse, they can't even win one game in their conference tournament, yet they get in with the same record, and pretty much the same conference record, the same overall record, and you put them in the tournament. There's an example for you. Why why are they not in the tournament? Why are they not in? How about you? How about uh, here's another. Here's, let's give some more examples. Let's just keep going, shall we? Let's keep going. How about a team like? Uh, how about a team like? Uh, that's not a good example. How about a team like? Do do do. Let's just go down to the Pac-12 because I know there's teams in the Pac-12 that are perfect examples of why they didn't get into the tournament and why they should be there. Okay, so we got the Pac-12 standings. How about Washington? Look. Okay, look at this. Look, this is this is great. This is perfect. I love this. I love ESPN. University of Washington, nine and nine in their conference, eighteen and fourteen overall. How are they not in? Really though, no, no, no. Seriously, break it down for me. Why are they not in? Why, why did Washington not get into the tournament yet? Syracuse got in because Syracuse has name brand. They're East Coast. The committee recognizes their name. It's familiar. Yet they're not in the tournament because they don't have Syracuse on the front of their name and they don't play in the ACC. It's that simple. It's that simple. Look at the Missouri Valley Conference. You got a team like Illinois State, 12 and 6, 18 and 4 in, overall. They're not in. They played in a pretty good Missouri Valley Conference is very Missouri Valley Conference is very good. Wichita State went pretty did pretty well in the tournament. You know, uh, uh, Northern Iowa did pretty well in the tournament. Yeah, they choked in that game against Texas A&M. But they did pretty well in the tournament. Southern Illinois is not in. They're 22 and 10 overall and 11 and 7 in conference. They played in the Missouri Valley. That's not a bad conference at all. Let's go to the let's go to some other conferences that deserve teams to get in. How about how about uh, Old Dominion? Did they play in the NCAA tournament? I don't think they did. I think they did actually. They did. Uh, I believe they did not. No, they didn't. Old Dominion didn't make it to the NCAA tournament. Yet look at the look at their rate. Look at their ranking: twelve and six in conference, twenty-two and three overall. They didn't make it. What kind of joke is that? I mean, I, mean, it's just, it's just, I, I can keep going. I can really keep going. Oakland in the Horizon League, 13-5, and 21-11. Why didn't they get in? They were competitive. They played great this season. How come they didn't get in? Yet Syracuse made it. And, and, again, I will keep going with this. There are so many teams that could have made it into the NCAA tournament this year, so many that could have made it. Yet the one team that got in that we all think shouldn't have made it, outside of maybe Tulsa, but that's a play-in game. That's different. Syracuse should not have been in the tournament. I was saying this from day one, and I'll say it again. They got to the, they got to the Final Four. Good for them. They beat Virginia 68-62. Close game. Great game. Big-time ACC matchup between one two teams. But Syracuse should not have been in the tournament from, the, from day one. From day one, they should not have been in the tournament. And now that they're in the Final Four, the problem that this leads for me, and the reason why I'm so upset about this, the reason why I'm so upset is because Syracuse is the perfect example of what the committee is going to draw to from now on when a team who has an average year in a big conference 
They're going to look at those teams more heavily than they're going to look at teams like Old Dominion, like Illinois State, like St. Bonaventure, 14-4 and four in conference, 22-8 and eight overall, yet you pick VCU and Dayton to go over instead of them. Then you have St. Joseph, who as well gets in. How about George Washington, 11-7, and 23-10 overall? Look, I can keep going with these names. The point is, is they're going to look at teams from now on in, in, in college basketball, and they're going to see a team like Clemson, and they're going to be like, how come we didn't put Clemson in the NCAA tournament? How come they didn't go in? What is our problem? How come we didn't have Clemson get to the NCAA tournament? Why didn't we do that? We could have done that too. They're 10-8, and 17-4 overall. How come we didn't put them in? Why? What was our problem? What were we thinking? Ah, next year we'll put them in. You know, oh, we have, we have teams like, a, we have teams like a, a North Florida who won their regular season championship, 10-4 overall in conference, winning the regular season conference, 22-11. Ah, they're in the Atlantic Sun. Don't worry about them. Oh, the Big East, Creighton didn't get in. Ah, but next, next time we should put Creighton in. We could put Creighton in. What it's going to do, what it's gonna do and what's bothering me is it's going gonna, it's gonna to water down the opportunity to look at teams who played very well in conference during the season. And it's going to crush those teams' dreams, such as North Florida, such as a team like, like Weber State, who didn't get in. I believe, oh, no, Weber State got in. They won their conference tournament, and they won the regular season tournament. It's going to crush those teams' ability to get in. And you're going to look at teams like Creighton, like, like Clemson next year, like other teams who should have gotten in that didn't. Memphis, they're, going to look at, they're not going to look at teams like Memphis next year. They're going to be like, ah, no, they played in a small conference. Don't give them a chance. That's where I have the issue with it because that is a very real possibility. When you have a team like Syracuse who was 10th in their bracket, a team who had a 70 RPI, 9-9 and in conference, 19-3 heading on in, you're telling me they deserve to be in the tournament? No, they don't. And, and, and that ruined an opportunity for another team, and that changed the entire dynamic now that Syracuse is in the Final Four. Seriously, kudos to, to Syracuse for getting in but they never deserve to be there in the first place. And that's where I'm upset about it. And that's why I don't think – that's why it's really hard to cheer for Syracuse as a true Cinderella because, in reality, we all know talent-wise they're, they're good enough to be in the tournament, but you can't just base a team getting into the tournament off of talent. You need to base it off of resume. You need to base it off of what they've done all season long. And what Syracuse did all season long was play very inconsistent. And down the stretch, they lost five of their final six games. Don't sit here and tell me they deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. Don't sit here and tell me that they deserve to get to the Final Four because, of their, because of they got in, they, they play the teams they're supposed to play on their schedule. No, that's not an excuse. The team never deserved to get into the tournament. Kudos for them winning their four games to get to the Final Four, but they're not a tournament team. They're a very good NIT team who probably would have won the NIT, but they're not a tournament team. And that's, they're not a big-time NCAA tournament team. And that's the frustration that I have with Syracuse and why they shouldn't be in. And if you'd like to call on the phone number, is 323-642-1558. Let's recap what happened in the NBA last night. Again, the Warriors beat the 76ers. They did not dominate by 40. They beat them by 12. Hello. You should have dominated Warriors. Absolute joke there. 117-105. to 105. I know they won the game, but you got to win by more than that. Clay Thompson with 40 points. Automatic wipe away the performance there. Obviously, as he gets in, has a wipe away the performance. The Wizards beat the Lakers 101-88, to hanging in there. Playoff conversation in the Eastern Conference. Kings beat the Mavericks in a beatdown as DeMarcus Cousins gets 20 points and 12 rebounds. 133-111, to a domination fest by the Kings there. Pacers beat the Rockets, staying on pace in the Eastern Conference, 104-101. to And the Clippers beat the Nuggets 105-90. to DeAndre Jordan, 16 points, 16 rebounds, and like six blocks. They went domination fest on there as the Clippers clinch 
a playoff berth, and now the top four seeds in the Western Conference now have a playoff spot in the Western Conference. The Clippers win 105-90, to getting it done in that one. That's a recap of the NBA. Let's look at the standings real quick before we get out of here, and then we'll, we'll, get, we'll give you a preview of what to expect tonight. Again, like I said, Detroit, Chicago, and Washington, all teams are eliminated except for Washington, Chicago, and Detroit. They're all there. They're all there hovering as we come down the final stretch here in the final couple of weeks of the regular season. Those three teams are still alive. And in the West, obviously, Los Angeles Clippers, Oklahoma City Thunder, Spurs, and Warriors are all in right now in the postseason. Now it's just a debate between Dallas and Houston and Utah of who's going to get in as the seven, eight, nine spots in the Western Conference. Let's get, let's get to these games for tonight. Let's see what's going to happen in the world of, call, in the, world of the NBA on a Monday night game. There's a lot of games, a ton of games tonight. Nets and Heat take the Heat. Thunder Raptors, that's going to be a great game. Take the Raptors in that one if I were you. Hawks and Bulls, another great game there. Take the Hawks in that one. Spurs, Grizzlies going into the grindhouse. I take the Spurs. I think they're going to keep find a way to keep on winning. If not, the Grizzlies will dominate if they rest their players. Suns, Timberwolves, boring, not, not worth to watch there. Knicks, Pelicans, not worth watching. Mavericks, Nuggets, cheer for the Mavericks on that one. Lakers, Jazz, clearly, the, clearly Kobe Bryant's career is coming down to an end. The Jazz are trying to just get into the postseason. Go watch if you're a Laker fan, seriously, because you might not want to get to see Kobe Bryant much longer. Kings, Blazers, take the Blazers as they should be the big-time favorites in that one. And Celtics, Clippers, definitely one of the games tonight on NBA TV. Check out that one. The two playoff teams duke it out between one another. I heard Blake Griffin's going to come back soon. Once Blake Griffin comes back, he will be cleared up, and then he'll have to take his four-game suspension, and he'll be good to go. Um we are nearly out of here. We got about a minute left on the show. Uh, again, episode 105 in the books, episode 106, same time, same place tomorrow on Tuesday, March 29th, 2016. And we will give you wipe worthy performances as soon as we possibly can. We're behind due to March Madness. So we got about a minute left on the show. Thank you again for listening, everybody. My name is Timo Buckets. Nobody else is in the studio today. Everyone's been busy healing up, getting back to normal. Um, but we will get back to normal here on Monday uh, Monday, March 28, 2016, episode 105 in the books. Episode 106 is tomorrow. On Tuesday, March 29, 2016, we will be talking about more about the NBA. Get you set up for a TNT Tuesday on a Tuesday, and we will talk about games from last night in the NBA, and we will break down what else more there is to break down. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Any more drama in the world of the NBA, basketball in general, or anything else that's going on in the world of hoops, you got it here live on CLNS Radio in the Geek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Go check out the Apple Podcast if you're listening live. If you're listening to the Apple Podcast, go check it out again. And thank you again for listening if you're listening currently to the Apple Podcast. Thank you again for having a great day. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the basketball and and, and take a rest. Have a good one, people.